Honestly, they weren't even trying to judge, but man, I felt judged. I felt so like, I don't know your kid. I don't know you. I don't know what snack he, she likes. You know everything about my kid. Like, oh my God. I love that woman. Welcome to Atomic Moms, a modern parenting podcast about the joys and complexities of caring for our little ones and ourselves. I'm Ellie Noss, and each week we celebrate and commiserate with best-selling authors, parenting experts, and mamas all over the world. Are there those days just like you can't get out of your head? I'm trying to have fun. Guys, are you all having more fun? I'm trying to have more fun. I am working so hard at having fun. I've recorded this intro like seven times. What is what is not not what's wrong with you, Ellie? What is right with you? Everything is right with me. I have a candle burning. Uh, my family's amazing. I love this podcast. I'm gonna get out of my head. Maybe it was just too much coffee. Okay. I promise not to take you on this neurotic roller coaster any longer. We're getting off it right now. We just had Labor Day. It's so crazy to me that Labor Day weekend's already over. Did you guys have a good time? I hope you had fun with your family. Everyone's back at school. How awesome is that? Sabrina, my almost three-year-old, she turns three on September 11th. Whole other story. Maybe check out my birthing story on the podcast. Anyway, Sabrina is starting preschool again, and she's had a month off. I just found out that if she doesn't nap, then I will have the pleasure of picking her up early. So the nap time stakes are feeling pretty high. Sabrina, baby, please nap. Please nap for mama. Please nap. Please nap. Okay. Staying cool. Hmm. I am very excited to share with you one of my favorite, all-time favorite, Atomic Mom conversations. It is with my girlfriend, Kate Baldwin. Some of you diehard Atomic Mamas know Kate because you probably already listened to this episode, but you would also know her because you might have connected the dots that this is the Kate from the Robin McGraw episode intro where I did the Hamilton story. That's this Kate. Um, If you haven't listened to the Robin McGraw episode, check it out. You can watch our guest today on CNN every day as the co-anchor of At This Hour with Berman and Baldwin, along with John Berman. A lot has happened since our conversation. You know, Kate recently did a stint on Celebrity Jeopardy. Louis C.K. won, the bastard, but she was fantastic, and she'll always be the winner in our hearts. And uh, I was also thinking of sharing Saturday Night Live's cold open that they just did a couple months ago with Kate McKinnon playing Kate Baldwin. And I was going to share these things because we have a really fun, funny, lighthearted conversation. And our conversation feels so us. So I was like, oh, I could share something fun and lighthearted. And then I went down the YouTube rabbit hole and I came across footage of Kate reporting on the stunned little boy in Aleppo. You saw the photograph. He's covered in dust after his family home was hit by an airstrike. Uh, the image went all over Facebook. It is devastating. And watching Kate report on it, I was so proud to call her my friend for not numbing out, for letting it hit her so deeply on air as a mother and as a human being. Today, the United Nations is asking for 48 hours of relief in the fighting to break 
a break from the violence between the government regime and rebel forces. In five years of war, more than 250,000 people have lost their lives. That includes 4,500 children in Aleppo alone. Millions more displaced without a home. Now that includes Omran. And what strikes me is we shed tears, but there are no tears here. He doesn't cry once. That little boy is in total shock. He's stunned inside his home one moment and the next lost in the, in the flurry and the fury of war and chaos. At least three people were killed by this bomb in this neighborhood. This is Omran. He's alive. We wanted you to know. We'll be sharing ways that we can help on AtomicMoms.com. Kate interviews the president. Kate cuddles with her toddler. Kate works tirelessly reporting the news of the world. And as you will hear, Kate says the wrong thing at birthday parties sometimes. She's a tough cookie, and she is my sweet friend. She is a fighter for the truth, and she's damn funny. I'll be right back with this mom friend call with Kate Baldwin. First of all, I should tell our listeners that I don't have some big agenda today. Not that I ever do, but I'm so just relieved to get to talk to you because, Kate, you have to help me out. I am feeling uh, <laughs> a little overwhelmed. Uh, my With life? Yeah, my daughter was puking all weekend, and then oh. now Adam has it. So it's like, yeah, he's home from work, and boo, he's spending it under the covers, um, just sweating out in the sheets. It's so, so funny. We, I, I probably got hit with the same thing. And I have, this has might been my first, it was earlier this week and definitely my first experience of how impossible it is to parent when you have a stomach virus. I mean, I was, it was comical me trying to be a mom and a patient at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and so I'm sorry. Well, I'm glad you're feeling a little better because Sabrina, now she's obsessed with the idea of puking because she did it. And so she goes, daddy pukey, mommy pukey. So then the sitter thought I was pregnant. And I, I was like, no, that's how rumors spread. Um, yeah, Sabrina is Sabrina is a fear-mongering, uh, trying to tell everyone that you guys are typhoid Marys. Exactly. And also spreading rumors about you. Exactly. So I'm, so there's that. And then like with the podcast and producing that every week, I just don't. And then I'm in a closet, like recording voiceover auditions. Like I don't, how do you do this? How do you juggle it all? How do you do it, yeah. Kate? Yeah, the the word that I actually love you for not even saying is the word balance, because I have honestly, and everyone's got their own opinion, right? But I want yours. That's why I'm calling Kate you. Baldwin's ill-informed opinion on the concept of work-life balance. It does not exist. I, I've ever since coming back to work and kind of having a a lot of guilt, it, it, guilt. I guess the only way to describe it about I, I'm not being great at work and I'm not being great at home because I'm dividing everything and I can't do it all. And then I just kind of had a moment when I said, you know what? Forget about it. I'm declaring war on the concept and the notion of work-life balance because it doesn't exist. And so I think the only thing and the only thing that helps me sleep at night and help, helps me kind of get through it all is I've just decided, be it right, wrong, or, or both, that I'm just going to try my best. And some days I'm going to be great at work and not great at home. Other days I'm going to be 
super mom and I'm going to not be great on TV. You know, it's just going to be what it is. And I'm going to find it. I'm not there yet, but I'm trying my hardest to find a place where I'm very okay with it. But it's the guilt thing that I have yet to get over it. I mean, I keep struggling with the guilt of being, you know, split, split down the middle of a woman who wants to be a great mom and a woman who wants to be a great, you know, killer at work and do it all when those are, you know, it, it, it can't all be done per, in perfect balance, but maybe it can be uh, great one day and then in, in bad another day. And I think I'm okay with it. So I'm declaring war on the concept of balance. I agree with you. Something's got to give. And this morning for me, it was my wardrobe. I didn't, okay. I didn't realize for the first 30 minutes that I was wearing a sweatshirt backwards and my sweatpants inside out. No, no. See, here's the thing. This is it's called flipping the narrative. Flip the narrative. You did know. You just didn't know how genius your fashion sense was was because crisscross is coming back in fashion and you just own it. I love it. You're my new therapist. <laughs> We're flipping the narrative, folks. Um, exactly. Flip the narrative. Okay, just so our listeners know how hardcore you are, um, I was reading a thing in Marie Claire from a few years back where you uh, mentioned your morning routine. And at the time, you said at 2.30 a.m., the alarm goes off with two backup alarms set just in case. That leaves 25 minutes to shower, throw on clothes, and head out. I'm at the office by 3.15. That was, yeah, I mean, that's the, you know, when, and that was when I was doing the, the super early morning show. And so, you know, to be able to speak in coherent sentences and not look like the crazy person that I do look like without a village of people getting hair and makeup on me, you gotta, you gotta get in early and you gotta be up early. Um, and that was when I was doing the, the morning show. I, I would say it's one step less crazy at the very, at the moment. Um, cause now I have this great show at 11 o'clock. Um, Eastern. And so now I wake up around four 30 so I can read. Oh, you and prep slacker. And you know, I'm sleeping in, I'm living a good life. Um, 4:30. but it's just life. I've always, I've always been a morning person. You know that from us vacationing together. I'm, mm. I'm the crazy person that wakes up and is very cheery at a very early hour. Um, so that's always helped, but it is, there are certain hours that are not human and those hours are included in that. I should take a moment to thank you and your husband, Michael, because my husband, Adam, would never leave our home or he would only ever go on trips to see family if it weren't for the two of you. You guys are the (laughs) only couple on this earth that will get him to actually go to the airport. And we always have such a good time with you guys. And your work hard, play hard method is pretty, it's extreme. It's an extreme sport, Kate. Um, and it's, it's really fun to be a part of. And the dangerous thing is I always leave you with my hungover. Yeah. I know. Hungover. Yeah. Cause that's the problem. People like when I'm with Kate, anything can happen. It does not take much encouraging for us to end up doing really stupid things. Yeah. Um, shenanigans. shenanigans galore. But I also leave with this, like, with my ambition, like reignited. And I'm curious about how do your go, go, go. You clearly, you, you jump without a net. Um, We can see that in your work history. I mean, you're the youngest woman ever to host a network morning news program. And I'm curious 
Like, are there moments that you're like tucked in bed and you're like, oh God, I don't want to get out of bed? Or do you just not have the fear? Of course. I am both fearful and insecure and all of those things. I mean, I that makes any... me feel a little better. <laughs> no. And that, the, the thing is, and I love you for saying it, you make me sound, you make me sound way cooler than I am in reality. Um, that's not true. I party with you. You're pretty cool. For, though. That's you're what friends pretty... are for. We build each other up. Um, it's, it's, I do jump without a net and that can, and, and that either can be very successful or can fail in flying and in flying fashion. So that there's a catch 22 a little bit with that. Um, but yes, I'm both, I'm both afraid and insecure and off some days walk in and feel like, man, I still feel like that 18 year old kid who's sending out her local news tapes and hoping that someone in local news, not 18, but you know, 21 year old mm-hmm. kid who's trying to, trying to make it on TV for the first time. And man, I hope someone will pick me up and man, I hope someone will, you know, give me a chance. And why do I think I can actually do this on TV? But then, but then the Kate that I have to keep pushing all the time, the other, the other part of my head pops in. It's like, you know what? I have lived by fake it till you make it. And you know what? If I feel like that, then I just shout myself down and I say, you know what, girl, you're, you're better than everybody. You can do it. You're here for a reason and fake it until you fail. And don't, don't be afraid of it if you fail, because there's no success without failure. So I just keep, you just kind of, I, I guess what, what I'm realizing is I lie to, my, lie to myself a lot and it seems to, to work out. <laughs> Some people would call that lying positive affirmations. <laughs> there you go. You flipped my narrative. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. <laughs> okay. I want to talk for a moment about, so you had this crazy schedule. I just read the Marie Claire schedule Yeah. Um, that you had going on. And when did you sit down with Michael and say like, hey, let's have a baby? Because I feel yeah, like exactly. you're not someone, you know, you jump without a net, but at the mm-hmm. same time, you're very clear about your decisions. And so I don't imagine that uh, Cecilia was sort of like a one night wild romp. I imagine that there was some planning involved. We, uh, in, that's one of the tough realities of, of TV or any kind of business um, where kind of you are kind of judged on your looks and you're really not expected to be away from work very often. And you're kind of married to work is like, how do you fit in having a kid? Uh, I get that question a lot from people after, after having Cecilia. And I just decided that our, our conversation kind of went as follows. Um, work as much as I love it is not the thing that get, is going to keep me warm at night. So life has to continue, even though it might be, and everyone, any mom who works will understand when I say it, it might be inconvenient to have a kid. And there's never a perfect time to have a life-changing event happen if you're in the middle of a career, right? Um, be it the most amazing life-changing event or, you know, if, it, if something horrible would happen in your life, there's never a good time to have a life-changing event occur in your life um, in the middle of your career. So we just said, look. It took my sisters, uh, my older sisters, I have three sisters, and but the two of them are older. It took them a while to get pregnant in, in, in certain circumstances. So I kind of said to Michael, I said, look, I don't know if, if we give this a go, if it's going to take three months, eight months. And so since there is a little, since this is the miracle of creating a life, you just don't know if we're going to be, if it's going to be easy or hard, let's just do it. And life will figure itself out. And so we gave it a go and we're pregnant three months later. And so I was, even though we kind of decided we were going to try, I was still unbelievably shocked that it happened 
kind of so quickly for us. And, um, and then we, and then it was, it's the best thing we ever did. I mean, obviously, I mean, Cecilia is the most amazing, most amazing human being and offered me such important perspective on what really matters. I mean, you know, when you were pregnant, um, you interviewed President Obama, and we were actually visiting you all, uh, and you got whisked away. I mean, like, the, you had no notice that you were going to be interviewing President Obama with your baby bump. Can you just share with our listeners a little bit about what that was like, having him sort of comment on your pregnancy? And I'll play that clip for our listeners now. Mr. President, we need to wrap up, but since she has been kicking throughout our entire interview, the little miss would probably want to know if you have any best advice for first-time parents, this uh, one included. You know, uh, you're going to do great. Uh, Michelle and I talk about this. Kids are more resilient than you realize. Uh, you give them unconditional love, and then you give them some structure and some rules. And uh, they usually turn out really, really well. And uh, they'll bring me a lot of joy. Uh, but, uh, um, you know, we, we were pretty big believers in as early as, as soon as they could understand words, you know, you start uh, giving them some assignments. Nap, eat your peas, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, pick up the toys off the floor. And... Uh, you know, by the time they're, they're 16, uh, they turn out pretty good, although they don't always uh, give you as much time with them as you want. Yours have turned out pretty well. Thank you, Mr. President. Good luck. Thank you very much. You bet. Okay, the clip was played. <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Um, it, it's always, no matter how long you've been doing this, it's always an honor and an experience to interview any president. There is, we all have such respect for the office. Everyone put politics aside. It's the president of the United States. And to have the honor of interviewing, interviewing he or she someday, um, that is always an, an, an awesome, awesome opportunity. And it definitely, it came up so quickly. I do now remember that it was, you're going to be interviewing the president and you're going now and you'll get back right afterward. Um, but the cool part about it was part of the interview, we were going to be touching on, on family issues and kind of what the, what the federal government's role could be and where, where private industry, what private businesses, what more they can do, um, with regard to family issues. And, and actually a lot was talked about the balance, um, of work and family life. And of course, I'm pregnant. And so I came up with the wacky theory of when do you have the opportunity to get parenting advice from the president of the United States? So I, you know, in asking him kind of what he would say to a first time parent, with all the important issues that we talked about in that in that interview, talking about Iraq and what's going on there, and then moving on to other serious topics, it was so enlightening and quite such a real moment I, I, having with uh, the leader of the free world to talk about that experience that he had as a first-time parent and, and how he remembers those moments and what it was like for them. It was a very, it was very cool. And it's definitely a, a clip that I'll be playing for Cecilia someday, for sure. Oh, I know we were sitting watching it with your husband on TV and it was so cool. And then get, <laughs> getting to see you late that night, it was so special for us too. Um, so, right. Okay. With, I mean, a huge, you know everything. You have your 
what is it? Your finger on the pulse of the world. Like, you know, everything that is going on right now. <laughs> and it's crazy because I don't know anything that's going on. No, it's all relative. Everyone's world is a little different, right? I mean, yeah. Okay. But you're, and- okay. Yeah. And current events are big and scary. And so yes. no. how are you able to know every awful thing that is happening right now and report on it and you watch it again and again and again, and you're a part of that news cycle, how do you shake it off when you go home to your family? Because I would be a train wreck. I would not let my daughter go to the park. I would think everyone was out to get us. I mean, I barely watch the news because it makes me so nervous. And I'll admit some days it is much harder than others to shake it off. You know, if you're talking about another mass shooting or things that happen like that, it's, it's, it's important that it affects me as a human because that I think is important that I, it, it, it's important that it affects me as a human for my job and for myself. I've always said the moment that bad things that happen, they don't affect you when you're talking about it on TV. That's the day you should get, you should end your career and you should get out because you're, 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 you're past the point of no return if it doesn't impact you as a person. Um, and some days it's tough. Um, I mean, I, I don't, there's, there's no, way to kind of shake it off some days. I don't do it well. The only thing that really does help on those days is when I walk in, you know, the best thing that is always the thing I look forward to every day is when I walk in, Cece runs across the living room and gives me a big hug and a sloppy wet kiss. And that helps me shake it off. As scary as it is, there's so much out of our control. And that's what I kind of say to myself. There's so much out of our control that it is a waste of our energy and it doesn't help us. It, it hinders us if we obsess and let it, and, and, and think about all of the bad things all the time that are out of our control. So in that moment, I've got my baby in my arms, she's safe, she's happy, she's healthy, and that's okay. And that's all that matters. And just kind of keeping that perspective. And then of course, as much as I love her, my child is not watching CNN and not allowed to watch my show. <laughs> <laughs> not until she's 17. Yeah, um, exactly. Wow. We'll be right back. Okay, with your husband, Michael, he works so hard too. Do you ever get frustrated about? Well, now I'm projecting onto you. I get frustrated. No, okay. no, no, tell me. Do you get frustrated that, like, what, how do you deal with, if you both have work and you both have stuff, like, who ends up picking up the slack? Because I feel like it's usually the mom. I think, I agree. Some days I'm absolutely frustrated with, you know, I'm also doing, I'm de- I'm the one, I'm, I'm at work, but I have to cut away from work because I have to be with, take CC to the pediatrician and that's, it's never the other way around, right? There mm-hmm. are moments when it's like, why, why, why? And then I kind of realized, I realized it actually just the other day when I started getting frustrated, I was like, but I wouldn't have it any other way because I, I, want to ha- I want to be with Cecilia in those moments. I want to be the one that takes her to the pediatrician or does X, Y, Z, you know, dem- thing that Cece needs to do, even if that means I need to cut away from work because, I mean, I here's me projecting. I'm stronger. I can handle it. My husband can go to work and he can just handle work. I can do this. I can always, I can always split my time and make, and, and make it happen. Even if, even if I, you know, I'm dropping the ball somewhere else. So 
I think it is more to do with if I would speak up and say, Michael, I'm frustrated. I need you to pick up the slack. Honestly, LA, I'm pretty sure, and I'm pretty sure Adam would be the same way, that they'd be kind of happy that we say help out and we need you. But that's kind of a female thing is we're superhuman. We don't even need to ask for help because then that's acknowledging we can't do it all. I think that's kind of the beauty and the beauty and the curse of being strong women. I think we we should, I think we should have an app and it'll be like Kate's positive affirmations. (laughs) Like we can do this guys. We can do this this because we're stronger than our men. But you know what? If we're having a down day, then yeah, let's ask our husbands for help. I like it. It's good. Yeah. I think we, we just... can do this. That's what I often am saying that in the taxi. I believe in you. You can get me there in time. I know it's across town and I'm five minutes later ready, but we can do this. The taxi drivers think I'm crazy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have talked about the personal guilt we feel as working moms. Can we talk about, have you felt any sort of judgment from other moms about being a working mom? Oh my goodness. Just had a great example of that the other day. I was just <laughs> thinking about it again. Um, go to a one-year-old birthday party of a child that Cece met in one of her classes. And we've actually become friends with the parents. And so we go to the birthday party and I walk in realizing I know no one other than the birthday boy and his parents, which is fine. I'm okay with it, right? They're like, okay, Mike and I are here. We don't know anybody. But as I'm walking around with Cecilia and she's being all crazy Cece and running around talking to everybody, these mothers come up and kind of are looking at me and then say, oh, Cece, hi, how are you? They start talking to her and with all of these stories of Cecilia from all of these, you know, all of her classes, all these moms are present with their children. They're all there. They know Cecilia. They know like the snacks that she likes. They know the this and that. I've never met these people before. I have no idea who they are. And they're kind of like, oh, so nice to finally meet you. We know Cecilia so well. And I was like, honestly, they weren't even trying to judge. But man, I felt judged. I felt so like, I don't know your kid. I don't know you. I don't know what snack he, she likes. You know everything about my kid. Like, oh, my God. What, what, Uh What did you say? I... I honestly became, I, I kind of lost the ability to speak English, I think. <laughs> I, I kind of just stuttered. It was like, yeah, uh, so nice to meet you too. How old? And I asked a dumb question to some of them, like, how old your child? Well, of course he was the same age as Cece. They're in the same, oh, I mean, like, it was one of those, like, it was like, do you live in New York? What? Like, like, who are you, woman? Oh, man. Then I ended up doing like the, oh, Cecilia needs me. Got to go. Okay, Mm bye-bye. It was was not my Do you need your diaper changed? You need your diaper changed. We need to go change your diaper right now. (laughs) Then I was like, oh, what's that, Cecilia? Child can't talk, but I pretend that her gibberish makes sense to me. Oh, man. It was not not a great Kate moment. (laughs) Oh, my God. (sighs) Oh. Okay. What are we going to do? I mean, what about the, what's it like being a mom in Manhattan? Because I imagine it's very different. Oh my God. Okay. So people might not, you know, you know all this, but I grew up in a wonderful small town in Northern Indiana. Like I grew up in 
our house is in an apple orchard. You know, we played in cornfields, like a great Midwestern upbringing. And raising a city kid, I mean, she's so clearly a city kid. An ambulance drives by and I'm like, oh, man, that's loud. And Cece's like, oh, it's my nighttime music. <laughs> um, it's like, she's so clearly a city kid. It's so funny. But it is, um, it's, I'm still, I mean, I'm learning on the fly. I don't know what I'm doing most of the time. I know that being in the city, she's busier. She's a busier schedule than I have. She has a class every day. Often she's double booked. And then there are often play dates afterward. Um, oh my God. You are, you realize that by doing this, you're raising a little Kate. You do get I, that, don't you? Is it bad that I'm okay with that? I mean, I know that I have a lot of I have a lot of failings, but is it okay that I love that my daughter is like aggressive, hyperactive, and already has a deep voice? I kind of love it. Yeah, yeah, and double booked, <laughs> and she's double booked, and she's telling the taxi driver we can do it. Um, and by the way, I cannot wait for our daughters to grow up together because it's oh so funny, like the East Coast West Coast thing going on, and I'm like this trying to be this fake hippie but i still have this like crazy <laughs> internal drive <laughs> no you are you are you are so perfectly you you are no one could ever produce another ellie maybe sabrina <laughs> but you are so unique and that's what i love so much about you and how different we actually are and still get along god knows how we pulled that off um, no but i feel like we do we come from similar stock i feel like and we kind of we yeah. look similar but like that not that, that matters but we both look mid, really that, midwestern I do get that a lot oh you guys look similar is that because we're white and blonde yeah. like what <laughs> oh we look similar look- we should be friends no <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> but it's uh no we have a similar drive i just uh i think i let the fear come in sometimes more than you do oh, blah blah don't even don't even start with the, the fear but i'll tell you though one thing that i'm just starting to realize in raising a kid in new york is so I, you know, when, when I grew up, you too, there was, we walked around in grass in our backyards or whatever. Cecilia and I are always walking on the sidewalk in Manhattan, like down the street, everyone's around a million different people. And she's just started to get into a phase where she doesn't want to hold my hand when we're walking around. So I, she like swats me away and kind of runs ahead of yes. me and it's the winter. So it's dark at four o'clock. And we're, I remember we were walking to like a CBS and she runs ahead of me. And I had this moment of sheer panic, just thinking of, we're, I just, I'm not okay with my child being independent, which is so antithetical to who I am. But I was like, no, no, no you need to need me all the time and hold my mm-hmm. hand. And I'm so scared of all these people that are around and Cecilia will go up to anybody and say hi and go pet that dog. And I'm like, but we don't know them. They're not vetted. We don't know anything about them. You know, vetted. That is we not... haven't done the background check. Like, it's just, there's just so, there See, are... that's your fear. I talk about yeah. my fear. But we... You're sneaky about your fear. Because <laughs> yeah, exactly. when you have to vet people, there's some fear there. <laughs> right. Right. That's very, very true. But it's I, those... I don't know. I will need to be, come to terms with the fact that we live in a city, Kate. There are going to be other people around. And Cece's so okay with it, and I'm not. So I'm, I'd be I'm worried about the germs, too. Just oh, you, touching yeah, you, everything. You get, you get over that quickly, Yeah, I living bet. in New York. I, bet. Like, I mean, I was Purell and wiping, tried so hard. And then on our last flight, and it also comes with age. Like, you know, early on when you take your baby on the plane, it's like, wipe, wipe, wipe. Oh, don't touch. Ooh, wipe this toy down. Wipe this passy down. Like mm-hmm. all that stuff. I just flew with CC solo. Ooh. 
And she ended up having a hilarious temper tantrum and throwing herself on the floor. And she like kind of licked the airplane floor. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? It's fiber. I don't even know what to say anymore, Cecilia. You're on your own. Like, I'm not cleaning that. I'm not. <laughs> like, we're just going with it. <laughs> do, you, do you have any travel tips for moms? Oh, God. Hold on for dear life. Um, yeah. I have learned a lot. Again, Cecilia is very active and is um, is very independent. So asking her to sit in your lap for a long period of time is an absolute no-no. Like, this child is never like the baby carrier because she hates feeling constricted. Like she's a, you know, she's one of those. The tip as she's now 14 months old, the best thing I've found is a few tips. And these, I did not make up. These are awesome friends. And you know, the, the mommy, the mommy mafia that can always come in and swoop in and make some suggestions that are just like, Oh yeah, duh. Amazing. Uh, I feel like you'd be everywhere. the godmother of the mommy mafia, by the way. I keep lists galore. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, you need to connect with this person because this person has the best tips. It, it's my new favorite afternoon yeah. pastime. You're the new god. You're going to be the godmother of Atomic Moms. <laughs> as long as I get a cool T-shirt in that like I mafia sense. That. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> in so, the mafia sense. Yeah. Good. I mean, godmother, like not like fairy godmother, but like the godmother. Like the godmother, like. Well, I like that too. I like being dangerous. We're yeah. Gonna start, we're going to like off people off the island. It's going to get crazy. <laughs> Um, okay, stickers. <laughs> okay, <laughs> back, so, to stickers. back to the whole point. This is sorry, everybody. This is what happens when Ellie and I hang out. We are only talking in tangents and never stay on topic. That is, um, which, by the way, all our listeners are like, yeah, we know we hang out with every Ellie every week, and it's this way. Right, exactly. <laughs> Always, this is which is why is at the end, listeners get excited because I'm going to ask Kate for some advice on how to interview. But let's get back to the stickers first. <laughs> okay, so on the plane, stickers galore. Because you can peel them off and throw them away and she can stick them everywhere, re-stick them, stick them on you, stick them on the wall, stickers everywhere. I also fell in love with, um, I, it's, I don't, it's called, it's kind of called athletic foam. It's not the tape that you would put on like your ankle. If you sprained your ankle playing a sport, it's the very thin foam stuff that you wrap around your ankle before you put the tape on. Okay. I always used it obviously when I was playing volleyball, you can get it at any sporting goods store. It is a miracle. It tears easily. You can wrap it around your arm. You can wrap it around your leg. You can wrap it anywhere. And she can peel it and rip it and wrap it. And, and it sticks it, it, or it does not and stick? It, it, it sticks to itself. It's oh, kind of cool. like how saran wrap works. So uh -huh. it's very low-cost family fun. And, and, and it's not that messy, right? Like in the end, yeah, you can yeah. kind of scoop it up. And, and and throw it away. Those and you can kind of like fantasize about how your kid will end up being a tennis star because you've already got right, the rap. Right, exactly. Like, oh, this is exactly how you raise it. Like, that's exactly right, Serena Williams <laughs> comes soon to be. Um, and my oh, my one friend had this great idea. And, I, and I, I did use it. It was amazing. So snacks can kind of go everywhere, right? You've got too many snacks, too little snacks. They're in packages when you're trying to deal with your wild child on the plane. I and you can sat never... on a snack pack once, like one of the gushy ones. And mm. it looked like I shat my pants. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a memorable one. That's uh -huh. one of those you write in the book like, yep, I'm yep. a mom. Yep. I'm a mom. Yep. And, yep. and I hope you walked off that plane proudly. Like, yep. yeah, maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. <laughs> you have to guess. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I chat blueberries and squash or whatever. At least we know you're healthy. At least we know you're getting in your fruits and vegetables. <laughs> okay, wait, go back, go back, go back. I'm deep real. So, so <laughs> the craft boxes that we used to have and people and people use, like, you know, where you there it's a box that almost looks like a tackle box, 
but you put little, you know, you put beads in it or little this is and that, and it's all kind of corned off and into like two by two inch squares in this little plastic box. You can get them at any craft store. I ordered mine from Michael's. In there, you dump out all the beads or whatever's in there. In there, you put all, all the chokeables. Yeah, all the chokeables. <laughs> you put in little sections of snacks. Cut up grapes, your goldie fish, your puffs, your whatever your kid's into. But then they kind of have like this smorgasbord of oh options. They have and a, be- Kate, they have a bento box of snacks. They have a, it's exactly what that is. I never even thought about that. Yeah, they have a bento box of snacks because Cecilia, of course, she doesn't want to be fed. She has to choose it herself. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Choices. And so this is a this is a you know kind of contained way of doing that. It was game changer for us on that flight. I love it. Okay, I have a few more questions for you, but first I want to ask: Will you please uh, give me some pointers in interviewing since you've been doing <laughs> this since you're well, a legend? A legend. I'm gonna. I'm gonna make you. I'm gonna make you repeat that someday. Yeah, you're gonna quote. Um, I'm gonna have a quote, a blurb in your book someday, like on the cover. <laughs> it's gonna say, "The legend," and then it'll say like Dash Ellie Noss, mom friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. mom, mom friend, best friend, the bestest. Yeah, yeah. entrepreneur of the year. Um, interviewing. You're great at it, Aww, but interviewing is a couple things I've I've found in over the years. One. Do your research, but then just as quickly throw it all out because you want to be prepared, but you also need to listen. And that's actually people, it sounds so basic, but people have a really hard time listening when they are interviewing people or asking Mm -hmm. questions and you can miss things. The best interviews that I've had are ones that take you on a journey and take you, take us a different direction that we hadn't, that I hadn't expected. And you can't get there if you're just going down a list of questions that you want to get to, you have to listen and, um, and go there with them. And I also think that one of the more important things is to not overthink it, be it like, be it interviewing the president of the United States or interviewing your child's next pediatrician, the questions that pop into your head are usually the right ones. And ask them the way you would ask them because that's your style. Don't try to ask it the way somebody else would. And don't ever think it's a dumb question. I love that. The difference between you and me is uh, I did not interview my pediatrician. (laughs) 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 But also, okay, I'm really good at like going with the flow and I'm, and my husband would disagree potentially, but I'm a pretty good listener, <laughs> at least in interviews. And I will go down that windy road and there's always amazing discoveries that are completely unexpected. I also, yeah. but I would like some guidance also with like, how do you get back on track? I Transitions. Transitions are really hard for my toddler and transitions are really hard for me. <laughs> The way to do a transition, uh, and sometimes if you if you watch on TV, some of your viewers are going to be like, yeah, Kate's not going to translation science. Um, but the way to do a transition is simply, you kind of, you know where we're going to end on one topic, right? We're talking about work-life balance. Mm-hmm. And then you want to you start talking about, um, you want to get to the place where we talk about, like, how do you handle a kid on a plane? You know, mm-hmm. when you talk about balance, that makes me think of juggling. And one of the most difficult things to do is to juggle a kid on a plane. So how, what are the tips that if you can't balance it when you're walking through Manhattan, you can't balance it at home, how do you balance 
getting a kid safely from point A to point B on a plane. Ooh, and, that's I mean, so transitions good. work. Transitions don't work. I mean, that was not a great transition. That was a anyway, great but, one. <laughs> I'm going to re-record this and steal that and put it in. <laughs> not, you can anything I say. Work. You get to use however you want. Now, um, okay, that is very helpful. Oh yeah, do you have some words instead of excited? What should I say? <laughs> oh, do you find yourself saying? I say the same the thing again, again. Yeah, it's called a verbal clutch. Everyone goes through it, and I. I had a thing early on where whenever anybody would ask me a question, like Wolf Wolf would be tossing to me with something. I'd be out in the field, like on Capitol Hill. And my answer would be, absolutely, Wolf. And then I'd go into my thing and be like, what, absolutely what? Like, what, what are you absolutely Like, I don't even know what you're saying when you say that. And I didn't realize it until someone pointed it out. And it was just a verbal, it was like a verbal crutch that I was using to get my brain to move, to move on to exactly what I wanted to say. You you just need to force yourself if you don't want to do that, um, to stop and then break out the good old thesaurus. If it's not exciting, it's fascinating. It's also interesting and titillating. <laughs> Can well, you imagine I mean... if you use the word titillating on CNN? <laughs> Well, also be careful of also find words that are hard for you to say. It's different for everybody. Like today, hilariously, I said something. I was trying to say backlash, which, of course, I we use a lot because there's a whole lot of backlash about a whole lot of stuff. And instead, I, I said <laughs> so backlash. positive. Yeah, you said exactly. what? Wait, what did you say? I, I said backlash. And I just kind of went with it. I kind of owned it. I think I might just always say backlash. <laughs> I'm going to add it to Urban Dictionary. <laughs> Okay, so how would I transition into my next question now? Because my question is, <laughs> my interviews are so meta. Okay. You're so funny. Uh, I would like to know some of the values that you want to instill in Cecilia. And um, then we can end it there. But so if I were going to go from backlash to asking you about values again, how would I do that? One letter that isn't in the word backlash is V. And I would like to talk about values. I don't <laughs> I like it. Okay, let's go there. So what values do you want to instill in your daughter? And where did you get them yourself? Um, I want Cecilia to be, I want her to be a good person. I want her to love what she does, um, no matter what that is, and also do good for others. I mean, those are long-term goals of, I think part of that is leading by example. You know, I want to show her that I love what I do, why I, why I love what I do and that it makes me a better person that I, that I, that I do it. Um, I think a lot of it's leading by example. I also have, this is, I'm sure your viewers are going to be like, really, really Kate? I have a really oddball theory on how to get, especially our daughters to a place where they can be, strong, self-assured, secure, successful people. And here's my theory. It obviously comes from personal experience. Take it or leave it. Yeah, we're leaning in right now. We want to hear. Yeah, le- lean in, folks. I say so, that all the time at the park. When some, a boy takes Sabrina's toy, I go, lean in, Sabrina. Get that toy back. I actually did that the other day. Cecilia, there's a boy who was like climbing on a sh- on like a, a step and Cece's shorter than him. He was older. And I was like, no, 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 no. You can do this. You get your foot up there. I'm not going to support you. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm turning into Mommy Dearest. I literally am turning into Mommy Dearest. (laughs) Okay, so we are leaned in. We're ready for this. So to raise a self-assured, successful woman, girl with strong self-esteem, I think is so difficult 
today with all of the images that come at us from the media, come at us from all different aspects, the intrusion of social media and how intrusive that can be on their lives and, and, and leave such strong impressions on them. And also just how difficult it is for especially young girls, I think, to make it out of middle school, grade school with any sense of self. Because if you recall, I at least, it's hard. It was so hard to survive middle school because girls can be really rough. I mean, that continues on, but particularly through that. So my theory is if I can build up Cecilia's self-esteem to such a point where after the brutal beating that their self-esteem takes through grade school, middle school, that she's kind of down to a normal self-esteem level, I'll call that a success. So I'm just going to basically build up like an egomaniac. And then by the time she survived middle school, she'll be like a normal, she'll be like a normal kid. You're going to overcompensate so that, yeah, I get it. (laughs) Exactly. I get it. But then will she be totally spoiled that way? I mean, I know that obviously I know you personally, so I know that's not true, but like, how do we raise them not to feel that they're such special snowflakes that like they don't, that, that they are, um, I don't know. I don't know. That they automatically deserve everything without putting in the work, I guess, but by leading by example, she'll see that you work super hard. Right. I mean, in the entitlement kind of uh, That's the word. problem, I think, is a real That's it's a real issue. It's a real issue. And that I mean, right. The, my theory is by its nature flawed as I'm a flawed person, because that's exactly the danger is I'm going to build up someone who's like, no, I get everything because I'm so special and amazing. But I think it is leading by example that nothing, that. nothing, things don't come without hard work. Yeah. The best things come with hard and work, I think, is the part of it. One of our guests, Dr. Shafali, who wrote The Conscious Parent, when she was on the show, she had this great point about how the rest of the world can be the Simon Cowell. Like, we don't need to be the Simon Cowell for our own children. We can just right. support them and build them up and, let, yeah, let the rest of the world rip them apart. Right. And that's exactly it. Uh, that's It's not... And and prepare them for that rest of the world, right? right. Don't don't um, don't shelter them too much, but but be there for them. Be that balance, but yeah. be there, yeah, but be there for them. Be that balance in the the you know kind of the brutal, the hard world that we live in. Well, Miss Kate, thank you so much for being on our show. I love you so much, and I'll call you I love later. You. But thank Absolutely. you so much for doing this. Thanks for having me, Atomic Moms. Okay, isn't Kate the most fun ever? It's always so fun when I get walk downstairs in the morning and if I turn on CNN and she's there and I'm like, oh, it's Kate. Sabrina, look at Kate. Kate's going to teach us about the terrible, scary things in this world. <laughs> but seeing her face, you know, it makes me feel better hearing the news. So I will be leaving you this week with our all-time tagline, trust in your goodness, live out your greatness, rock on. Atomic Moms.